Are we live? Three, Ooh, two, one. Wow, looks so cool with the countdown. That was really neat. Boom. Yeah, we're I wasn't live. sure we were live before, but now I know. Oh my God, now you know. <laughs> now no. Final countdown. Hope everyone's here and excited to just hear me uh, sing. I had to reboot my car last week. You had to reboot yeah. last week. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know you could actually reboot. Oh, are you talking about the Tesla? Yeah, yeah, it was kind of. Yeah, I was still learning all the new stuff. I know whatever. I don't remember. Did what it was have a software update after you rebooted? No. Or is no, that why you had no. to reboot? No, no, I just. None of my Bluetooth devices would connect, and I was trying to figure out how to just reboot the Bluetooth. And you know, uh huh. Reboot the whole car. Reboot the whole car. It was funny because in the article it tells you how to do it, and it says that they they recommend you don't do it while you're driving. No <laughs> shit. <laughs> really? But I want Thanks my music yet. now. Uh, yeah, I rebooted my car, crashed into a pole. Don't know why. <laughs> Welcome to Black Hills Information Security, talking about the news. I'll be your host today, Ralph May. We have such a small cast. We got, uh, we got Ryan here, the shootist, and we also have Dale. No one else has decided to join us today, but you viewers have joined us today for another exciting newscast where we talk another about- Another exciting episode of Ransomware Daily, weekly. I've, uh, I've bought a banjo and I'm going to start playing songs of- companies that have been ransomware this week it's going to be great tune in <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to rebrand the, rename the show soon yeah, yeah exactly yeah. exactly just talking yeah. about ransomware yeah just talking about ransomware that's oh my god you no, know who else is talking about be on that show you know who else is talking about <laughs> ransomware it's president oh, no. biden oh that is right this is our first article regardless of how you feel about the politics russia is harboring gangs to do ransomware and this is kind of a fact it's it's known there's a couple things you know outside of what's written in this article and that is uh one of them is that uh if your computer is set to just has the russian language pack installed ransomware most likely won't affect you as long as you're not doing ransomware on your own country it's fine so this article is just kind of about uh biden saying hey russia no more ransomware and you know there's definitely some blame there. I mean, they're definitely harboring this kind of activity. Maybe they're part of it. I don't know. Irrelevant. They uh, they are definitely harboring people or organizations who are doing it. You, you don't hear about the... Uh, I, I will say one thing. We don't have any ransomware gangs in America that are causing, causing ravage damage. So I think Russia needs a... Uh... A dare program. You remember dare program in the, in the United States here? Yeah. Tells them not to do ransomware. Ransomware. Just don't do it. Don't do yeah. it in Russia or anywhere. They need a program now. It appears that Putin does not care. And it also appears that uh, it's profitable. So, you know, here we are talking about ransomware again on uh, Black Hills Information Security, talking about ransomware. <laughs> That's right. But uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, what what are we going to do with this? Just saying you've been bad? I don't know. I mean, we're going to start a war. Hopefully not. So, Well, it's it's already, it's a cyber war. It's going. Yeah, that's true. That is true. There is no bombs, but we're all affected. Solar winds. Speaking of Speaking something of that just the cyber won't war. stop. <laughs> Solar winds is affected by a new uh, zero day flaw. And this is actually to do with the uh, the Serview FTP service that they have. This is unrelated to the Sunburst supply chain attack and you know just pretty much everything else that SolarWinds gotten beat up with recently. So I guess there's a um, uh, it's being exploited in the wild for the Serview FTP server. So if you're still using that, you might want to take a look at your version, see if there's an update out here. I know a lot of organizations. We were just talking about that before the show started. That a lot of organizations are still using. FTP to send files. I guess it's just easy. Well, it's it's not that much more difficult to use secure FTP. At least yeah. Well, I don't think this is a. I mean, I don't think this exploit is necessarily about like you know the fact they're just running unencrypted. I think it's you know. Right, but we're still seeing a lot of people who are just using plain old FTP. That's true. Un unencrypted, just FTP. 
it's it's actually interesting a lot of banks and other financial institutions they use that to like send data back and forth in kind of like a dump format a lot of older systems to using that to transfer data either in a push or pull configuration uh, it, it's kind of interesting how popular it still is and there's a couple still large products like the server ftp and a couple other ones out there that just literally support companies like this to keep them going so fun stuff but i guess uh everything with solar winds has got a zero day no i'm joking <laughs> but this one is true so patch your uh serve you ftp server if you have one moving on this we got one? hackers that spread malware film about 11 yeah this is another interesting one so uh i guess hackers are spreading this is like a real specific attack chain here but it is kind of interesting that for ch it's a watering hole attack on chinese online gambling sites and I, I believe that they're putting malicious javascript to then further compromise the systems that connect to the to that in that water hole attack uh, i thought it was also interesting that you have cobalt strike in here just the you know kind of a whole implementation to to compromise people in a, in a kind of like a broad watering hole attack very specific, though, to a Chinese market, though. I don't think they were talking anything. But it, it supposedly it's supposed to be um, the file that, you know, they prompt this malicious JavaScript prompts you to download a, a new version of Adobe Flash or Silverlight or some other kind of plugin that you're going to need to work this site. So um, the lesson here is just don't online gamble. I, I don't know. <laughs> Wasn't Silverlight... Um retired but didn't they kill that off not in china i guess some of this stuff is old and like flash is yes has been flash has been retired publicly you know sales shipped uh deprecated whatever word you want to use here it's, it's supposed to be gone but i don't know i haven't been to a site that's needed flash in a long time have you mm -mm. no i can't remember the last site they used flash or silverlight was yeah of, i was curious why these gambling sites are still using outdated technology well, I don't know if it's a gambling site. I think this was the um, like the JavaScript prompted to for them to download as if like they needed this to use the gambling site. Oh, um, I see. I'm not sure. Whatever to get them to do something out of the normal. It's not uncommon to see that with any kind of anytime you get a uh, an advertisement or something that pops up and says you need to update some extension for your browser. Be warned, right? That's probably not if you uh, didn't actively seek seek it out. Be warned. Yeah. Silverlight is gone this fall, still runs uh, in IE. Uh, that's Edge. Yeah. I, I, ha I haven't used it for anything recently. I know Edge is Chrome now, too. So it's, it's kind of an interesting twist because Edge is moving into it's pretty much just Chrome. It's a rewritten version of Chrome with Microsoft syncing your data now instead of Google. Choose your poison. And then the old IE obviously sailing away and hopefully dying forever. They've been saying we'll that for see. a long time, though, I think. So we'll wait, wait What's up? I think they've been saying that for a long time, but IE that's going away. But I was still... the thing they said with Flash, too. They were like, oh, yeah, no, it's it's gone, and Adobe was still doing it, and everyone was still kind of making little Flash sites and stuff. Oh, you know, yes. they all served a purpose at a time. They were solving a problem, but we kind of got past those problems, so they're not really needed anymore. But usually that's where um, attacks start. Anytime there's some older code or some older software that they can kind of jump in, they'll be like, oh, for compatibility's sake. It's been relegated to the legacy technologies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Along with the, the old command prompt that never seems to go away. Next article we have is uh, about some- Kittens. It's a cat, Kittens, yeah. cat article. It's all about cat pictures specifically no uh so supposedly hackers are hiding stolen credit card data in images for data exfiltration according to this article some hackers have been exploiting or compromising websites and to exfiltrate the data instead of just sending it through some other kind of command and control channel they're actually having the web server write the data that they want, for example, credit card data to an image, and they're using base64 encoded value, I don't know why they're not encrypting it, inside of the image, like an extra header, and then sending that or having that image available to the attacker, right? So publicly posting that image. Now, if anyone were to visit the site, you would just see the image, maybe probably of a cat. But if you were to look at the, um, actually inspect that image data, you'll see there's some base64 encoded compressed string that you can extract out of there that has some credit card data from the app. And then I'm assuming that new pictures get posted every time there's new credit card data. Hence, 
and it's kind of a novel technique for exfiltrating credit card data. Again, like I said, I, I would probably encrypt it, but that's just me. I guess they just want it in the clear. Kind of interesting, your credit card data and cat photos. I'm not sure if they're actually cat photos, but. That's what they use um, for the stock photo. <laughs> for the article. Yeah. That's where we got yeah, that from, but, for those who are just listening to the audio version. Yeah, who are just listening. Yeah, there's a, there's a stock photo in there, and there's a cat, you know, because yeah. all photos on the internet are mostly cat memes. <laughs> yeah, these are, these are cat burglars. <laughs> oh, 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 see, I see oh, what you did there. I didn't really think about that. Honestly, to tell you the truth, when I was looking at it, I was just thinking of all the cat photos that, you know, are on the internet. Not that, like, they're a cat burglar. Oh, all right. I like it. I like it. I don't know. What do you guys think? I thought it was pretty interesting that they'd go through all that trouble just to get the, the data out. It's like, why can't you come up with a more direct way to get you the data? This seems like a pretty big workaround. Yeah. The idea is to stay hidden, though, right? I mean, mm -hmm. more direct ways are hopefully going to be, or probably also more mainstream and likely detectable word versus hiding it in comment fields is and that makes probably sense, not right? something that people are looking for. But yet, it will be now. So Yeah, now everyone's going to be looking at cat images or whatever images yeah. for credit card data. That's going to be great. <laughs> Add that to your blue team list if you're... Uh... It it honestly sounds like a CTF challenge server. to me because that's, that's like the first thing in any CTF is like you start investigating the you see an image and you're like oh is there data in the image is there like you know it's always like the 007 mystery here about like stuff that really nobody would ever do but it sounds like somebody decided to do that I guess Steg is not that crazy, maybe it was but... a CTF and this is fake data and <laughs> we're just thinking it's a real breach uh, I don't know I mean if it's not encrypted you can. Decode that data and get those sweet, juicy credit cards. <laughs> Shopping spree. Next up is Mint. No, mobile. the Mint mobile. So mint I, I get we, we don't have a whole lot of data here, according to Bleeping Computer, but uh, Mint Mobile was hit by a data breach and phone number, uh, they detected it, I believe, when phone numbers reported and some data was accessible. Supposedly, it happened uh, in June, so last month. And it was affecting a very small number. I'm using like air quotes here for those who are listening. Small number of Mint Mobile phone subscribers. And uh, I guess some were temporarily ported to other carriers without permission. Kind of the point of the, the cell phone porting would be to take over cellular number. And you might be thinking, oh, sweet. I can make free long distance phone calls. No, no one cares about that. <laughs> They're doing it to... Uh, usually do some like two factor or some other kind of like phone authentication. So they must have targeted very specific numbers looking for um, accounts that possibly had maybe crypto. I mean, that that's my only thought uh, when I'm doing like a phone port, like if you want to try to steal a bunch of money, they did not say exactly how they got in, whether it was actually like a web application vulnerability or social engineering or some other kind of attack vector to get access to this data. They just said a small number of people were affected and that the, some numbers, a small number of numbers were ported over. So fun stuff. If you have Mint Mobile, you might want to check or check your account. I, I don't really change know. your password or do something. Yeah, change. <laughs> like if your number got ported over, you probably know at this point because your phone just stopped working, right? What do you guys think about cell phone porting? Is this like, is this like a viable attack vector for... Red teams? I don't know. It, well, I guess it depends what they use that uh, that phone number for. So you know, you got a lot yeah. of different companies who use the SMS for your uh, uh, multi-factor, right? So they can intercept yeah. that and get in your accounts. And yeah, I guess it depends what you're what you're using it for. So. Yeah, I know a lot of like uh, you know, <laughs> check with Ryan Reynolds. I, I know a lot of like movie stars and other people too have had their numbers ported and uh, compromised. I was kind of joking about like for red team, it's just like, you know, convincing that it is a valid attack. It's just so out of the bounds of the, the organization because you're actually attacking the cellular provider to then, in, uh, then in, in turn attack the attack, the user to most, most of the time to bypass two factor mostly, or some other kind of like out of band authentication method by getting that cell phone number. In addition, you could do other things like sync the phone. Other, there's, I mean, I guess there's all kinds of fun, interesting stuff you could do after you have someone's cell phone number. I think recently most people have been using it to steal money. I know with the crypto, that's the big one. Possibly their bank. You're like, I have two factors set up. And 
your two factor is them sending a, a push notification via a cellular number, right? If you can port out the phone number, now you get that notification. And um, you could go through a password reset procedure, which is a lot what a lot of like quick attacks do, right? They they know you're going to know, but they can't stop it. Like within that one hour, they're able to reset your password, jump into the account, make a transfer, and like do all this stuff. And then you know by the time you're calling up the cell phone company to try to stop it and all this other stuff, it's all over. Cat and mouse. We'll see. Hopefully, it's not a small number that turned into a large number of affected customers. All right. Now we got Microsoft acquiring Risk IQ for their own cybersecurity. Yeah, so, yeah, Microsoft set to acquire Risk IQ. Did they say how much it was for? Five hundred million cash, I believe it was. Was it five hundred million? I think it was five hundred million. Five hundred million. That seems like a bargain. Five hundred million dollars cash. Yeah. Risk IQ is uh, threat intelligence, right? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't used it. Have you guys or Dale? Have you used it? No, I haven't. No. So it does look like it was for five hundred million for Risk IQ. It must be $500 million dollars cash. 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 Yeah. There was some dude from Microsoft who showed up with a suitcase of five with five hundred million dollars cash in it. Perfect. Probably he had the bracelet on or the handcuff on. <laughs> How many suitcases do you think five hundred million is? It depends. Is it small on Mark Bills? No, no, no. It's Hundos. Maybe it's gold. We want- Gold, five hundred million in gold. Just like <laughs> much, right. much to five, our, like, Here we go. So five hundred million in Bitcoin. Yeah, that doesn't take even a group. So it's I just mean, a that's laptop. Like, or, it's a thumb drive, dude. It's a thumb, it's a drive. thumb drive. Yeah, with five hundred million in Bitcoin in it, yeah, uh, and then another five hundred million for the the uh, the uh, what do they call the the key for the to unlock the the uh, Bitcoin code wallet. <laughs> <code wall. laughs> Yeah, that's it's really a, a billion dollar deal. Just it's a billion dollar deal. <laughs> uh, so I guess Microsoft acquired Risk IQ to to help with their their uh, threat intelligence. I'm assuming, and uh, now we're gonna have a E6 license that'll include Threat IQ. So you're gonna have to upgrade to that if you want better security. <laughs> no, I, I have no idea if that's actually true, but uh, I'm sure they're gonna integrate this into Defender and Azure. ATP and all the other security products that Microsoft has down the line of data mining all of us for security information, right? This doesn't well. surprise me. I mean, aside from the company Risk IO themselves, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that Microsoft is acquiring this type of stuff. I mean, they we already know they're heavily bolstering up their security stance, so this isn't a surprise. I don't think. Yeah, and actually, Microsoft's Azure Information. Well, I don't even know if it's what it's called now. ATP is actually a pretty good product and detects a lot of stuff when, you know, trying different payloads at it. You know, it can detect a lot more than some other products, depending. And Windows Defender, like that's just a good baseline firewall and they get all of their, I mean, not firewall, excuse me, antivirus or security product primarily because they take all the data from all those endpoints, all those Windows systems, and they take that in and check to see if it actually is malware and they can you know get signatures much much faster than other ones all right defender for endpoint man they've changed this name like three times dude like seriously it is ridiculous trying to keep track of this but they're they're including it all in like one big product part of uh azure where you're kind of it's a subscription model right everything's subscription right pay me by the month man so we're moving through these yeah i know right we're flying man Dale, you just gotta you gotta jump in here, man. Just <laughs> well, you know this one. You know they're going after the job seekers here now, right? Not yeah. Let, let me let me. See. I didn't say that article. So for the audio people, yeah, Lazarus yeah. targets oh, job yeah. seeking engineers yeah. with malicious documents. Yeah, so they're going after the job hunters now in this case. And you know, Ralph, you have a good point earlier that you know they're kind of trying to maybe to to bait them and get them hooked before they get into somewhere that's valuable and typical I stuff. Mean, Macro it's definitely part. an interesting, like, long con, right? Like, okay, well, hopefully they get this job, and then I've already compromised their system, and then after that, I can then compromise the company. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well, when you think about it, like, people put so much stuff on LinkedIn, right? They're, they're, I've, I'm betting they're still start, still targeting people. They're, they're looking for whatever. If you, if they're looking to target someone with at Fortinet or. Cisco or whatever, they're probably going to find people on LinkedIn with a lot of that that experience because it's likely they're going to that's going to be where their next job is and something in that in that field, right? Yeah, I mean, this brings up the real question about like supply chain attacks and like looking at like a longer attack chain than just hey, this person works here, so I attack them. 
and then I take over this company. Just like looking at trying to use access that you have to what would seem like uh, not high value targets and then turning that into high value targets because of relationships that that person has with certain organizations, right? And that chain or process, while seeming more risk or not risky, but you know, less guaranteed to get you where you want to go might end up turning in, in more ways than one, especially when some of these organizations are just looking to profit from that access, as opposed to definitely trying to hack this company for certain reasons, right? They're probably just trying to hook into as many IT companies or other employees that have access to companies that then have access to more business to business. And then they can, it's kind of like just planting a seed to get the best ransomware you know, hit, I don't know. Yeah. Opportunity. Yeah. 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 And like you would think, so, and you know, think about it this way, when you're defending your infrastructure or your company, for example, and you think, well, I'm defending it against everyone who attacks me. Right. But you're not thinking about that as like, well, this employee that I have got compromised and then they in turn use the access that they have that I didn't know that they were compromised. And maybe they were compromised before they even started working with me. I mean, that's kind of a wild, uh, attack chain, right? Yeah. So you're basically hiring them, hiring a breach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, think back to Marriott, right? They they bought a breach, right? When they when they when they got the when they bought was it uh, uh, Starwood, whatever, right? So yeah, yeah. Hiring people who are already compromised without knowing them. I know that, that oh, seems like have, a tough. We have Rube, we have uh, Rob join us finally. Oh hey Rob, what's up man? Snuck in there hey, quietly. Sorry, I'm like. Oh, don't there... be sorry. We're we're happy you're here. From the beginning now. Yeah, we're going to start all over, everyone. <laughs> all the articles, so, we must go back again. <laughs> so this, uh, the Lazarus targets job-seeking engineers with the most documents, sounds a lot like the the researchers that were targeted with, like, uh, malware to go look at kind of stuff back in a few months ago, right? Yeah. It's it's interesting, just the, the idea of, like, just taking some, like, because it might not pan out, but, I mean, the risk of you getting detected is probably a lot lower, right? Because you might just be compromising this person's workstation or whatever it's kind of interesting interesting take on like kind of getting your claws out there in, in a in a smaller way everyone working from home these days like that's that's the big hit right is that people who are working from home are actually usually work using their work laptops these days i've seen actual attacks that were using i've seen a few different places where people have added plugins for for minecraft because their kids were using minecraft on work machines and so they were getting code execution on work machines because they were using java and just adding all of these uh what's it called like extensions and and edits or mods sorry uh, on minecraft yeah this was uh this was how the linkedin breach happened too they compromised somebody who had a publicly exposed server to the internet and it had nothing to do with LinkedIn. And then by compromising that, they compromised their network and in turn took over their workstation, which had VPN access to a lot of sensitive stuff. So that's kind of very logical attack path that you kind of accidentally run into that company to company thing. Even when I do test, right, I end up on in an environment and I realize that, oh, this company that I testing, they have a business relationship with another company and they already have some kind of like data connection that they're sending back and forth. And it's not that crazy to make the next hop. So I don't know. It's wild. Have you ever done any phishing through via Craigslist? No. So so on on Craigslist, you can actually find people who work at companies and ask them Mm -hmm. to do certain things. And uh, what was it? Like seven years ago, like Craigslist is old at this point, right? So yeah. seven or eight years ago, we did, we, we uh, on an internal team, we found a Craigslist posting where this guy was saying, hey, I currently work here, but I, you know, moonlight for doing, you know, web design or, and, and I forget what part of Craigslist it is, but essentially you're, you're proving your skill by saying where you work and then and I think it's web design or, or specific design. So okay. we posted, hey, could you could you design this thing for us? And we provided him with a zip <laughs> of like 
a quote unquote PDF at the time. And there was all these PDF exploits that came out and we got his work machine. He was doing all, all of it from his, you know, powerful work machine. Yeah. Huh. That, that is, that is definitely interesting to go back taking, you know, like finding someone who's, who's, you can connect to that, right. Connect to that like work organization and then drawing that line. Right. That's, that's an interesting one there because a lot of companies don't allow you to work or to moonlight for other places as well. So that kind of, uh, yeah, they don't allow you, but they're totally <laughs> doing it, man. Like, no, 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 I get it. But now that you're kind of like, you've kind of threw this guy into the, into the limelight, right? So one yeah. hand, we, we, we accomplished the goal, but now did the guy get fired because he's moonlighting and he wasn't supposed to? He's against his contractor. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know, but I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta realize that like this, that makes a pretty realistic attack path, right? And oh, um, you know, very, very hard to detect. I mean, you know, in their case, now you're just relying on one endpoint, hopefully, and him easily being convinced to do something because you know it's within his personal interest and. But we're, we've all gotten transitioned over to zero trust now, so we're not. Yeah. So we're not, nothing. We're not. We're not vulnerable to this anymore, right? That's the. That's the thing. Like no, everyone's no, on zero trust, so yep. the you know the yep. endpoints are 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 automatically not trusted. So no problem there. We're all good. Yeah. No, you're right. It's totally zero trust, and everything works perfect after that. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, it's solved then. It, it's been solved for a while, yeah. and we're just talking about stuff that used to happen in the past. Oh, that's that. right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that just reminds me. I mean, I know that you know you're you're joking about the zero trust. It's just like whenever you have uh, environments where you're you're trying to access some other network or whatever, you just wait till the person jumps on the VPN. Or in your in your case, you're saying just wait till that person logs into that site with zero trust, right? And now you have access to that. So, you know, compromising a host is is extremely powerful, especially the user's like main workstation. As long and as you can stay there. Like, yes. As long as you can stay there. Persistence yeah. is not not an absolute. It's more of an art than a, a skill or or a science these days. Yeah. With all the EDR solutions and all the stuff out there. Yeah. Well, we're hoping that their workstation doesn't have it. It's a Mac and it's safe. <laughs> <laughs> What does it say? What what do you do when you're when you're promoting something? Can I can I promote something real quick? Um, shameless plug. Yes. Shameless, shameless plug. plug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Besides besides Las Vegas um, this year is doing something real super awesome that I'm really glad to be a part of, and that is campfire stories. So all of us talk about all of these stories from back in the day, or this red team engagement, or this you know this pen test that I did. And we have complaints about customers or or <laughs> situations or or you know self you know doubt where I misconfigured that or I misput that, and so we're doing campfire stories at B sides Las Vegas this year, where we all just sit around and tell red team pen test stories, and everyone gets gets to learn from the defenders on what worked to, to like the new pen testers who know what to you know get or get away from. But check out the B sides Twitter account there is a place where you can submit your stories to be uh, and and it's just abstract sort of to be told at this event so it's sort of scheduled but we just want to make sure that we have enough stories to keep things going but yeah check out the b-sides las vegas and i'm sure we will there's too many pen testers love to talk about their stories so (laughs) So sign up go check it out it's going to be fun i I feel like that's like half of our webcasts sometimes like always devolted oh well this one time on this one (laughs) check this out right yeah i know that's people that's why people watch the show it's pretty fun but if you have stories go check it out and submit because we want we need more stories plug completed what else we got uh insurance giant cna which didn't know that they were insurance giant, but they obviously are. Reports a data breach after a ransomware attack. This is the banjo part where I pull it out and start. Can I, can I ask a question real quick? Did did yep. the insurance company have cyber insurance? I <laughs> just think about that. Yes, they actually exclusively only offer cyber insurance, and they were attacked. I'm just kidding. That's not a fact. That would be really fun. Oh my god! Supposedly. 75,000 inv- individuals' information is breached. Uh, can't wait for that to appear online. That's not too um, bad from Maine. didn't know that. I should know where, that. 75,000 is really small. Yeah, it actually is. That's a very small. Usually, if it's not like a million, it's kind of like, eh, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> no. And I, so this was a, a, a ransomware attack too. Some good data for attackers, social security numbers in some instances, health data, probably not that great. And supposedly the majority of uh, individuals have been notified. Oh, complimentary so, and- credit monitoring. Here we go. Magic words. Nah, 24 months. It's not even 18 or 12. You get 24 months worth. We all should just get lifetime credit credit monitoring. I don't know what it does. You tell me. Please, someone tell me how this is going to help me. I, I just want to know. Like, your data gets stolen. How is this credit? Like, remember the one guy who was driving around, like, you know, pimping his company that you can't steal his, his identity yeah. and he had it on. Yeah, he got it stolen, too. So, come on, man. What does this thing so- do? The juxtaposition of credit monitoring always confused me because, like, the credit companies literally are doing monitoring of your credits to create a credit score. Like, that's what they're doing to create the credit score. So you're monitoring the monitors, which makes no sense because they're actually looking for fallacies to make sure their data is correct already. So I don't understand credit monitoring because it's literally doing the thing that they're paying to do it's their yeah, one job they're just, they're just getting you to pay extra for something that they're, yeah. they're already doing but yeah. you're not paying for it these companies oh well, no but you can <laughs> pay for it. and you can subscribe to, to credit monitoring yourself uh, on why your would you pay for credit monitoring it's it's literally they're what they're doing bad on purpose so that you have to buy credit card monitoring yeah. right and that that's mm. the thing too is if, if you get some kind of alert from the credit monitoring it's too late it's already happened but these credit oh, companies don't want to have to deal with the, the repercussions of bad credit reports, right? So if someone takes, so let me back this up. So if someone takes a loan out in your name and it's invalid information, right? And they are stealing your identity. The credit companies have to do a ton of stuff to walk that back. It actually costs them more money to walk that back than it does to manage and and hit the risk themselves to to watch out for it already so they're literally not gaining or or they're not they're not getting anything from not doing credit monitoring all the time does that make sense yeah the amount of change they have to do to walk something back credit monitoring right so all of the credit companies are doing credit monitoring because that's what they're designed to do and that's what they are already doing so, right? they're, so they're effectively double dipping because they can get away with exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what you're telling me is, is that this is a scam. Hmm. It's a legal it's a, scam. It, it's a scam to watch for scams, which is crazy. <laughs> so you can the scam the scammer. You can scam the scammer. Oh, we got hacked. And so we've made a way for us to make more money from that hack. It's like turning good news into oh, bad. Oh, well, that's red teaming. And that's just red teaming. Like, that's exactly what red teaming is. We're going to hack you to, to prove that we can hack you, that other people can hack you. God. Uh, well, anyways, so they got hacked and, and, and ransom. So I, I'm not sure if the ransomware was before. Well, the ransomware was after the data breach, most likely, because you probably didn't ransomware you. And then, and then, after that take data i mean that seems really well, insulting ransomware actually um these days pipe pop pushes out the data it shovels it out the door as it's encrypting and stuff so it's it's definitely possible that they got ransomware and that's how the data got pushed out probably on an open s3 bucket this article doesn't say if they paid the ransomware or not oh everyone pays yeah they're no talks about it but everyone pays well, they so pay they, in some way, shape, or form, whether they're paying the bad guys or paying remediation or just paying the price. I don't know, man. Or backup companies. You pay yeah. now or you pay later. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. I wish I worked at a backup company right now and I had, like, stock in every backup company out there, right? Like, <laughs> if you want good stock tips, buy stock in backup companies because they are making bank on this ransomware stuff. <laughs> That's that's actually how you make money in ransomware. You don't even you don't even care if they pay. You just buy stock in companies that would gain from ransomware, and then you just watch them make money. Skyrocket. Look at any yeah. of look at any of like Carbonite. Look at the their uh, stock value. It's skyrocketed since ransomware going into the forefront um, since 2018. Like all of these big enterprise companies that do enterprise backups, their stocks, if they're public, has 
skyrocketed. Well, that's because we're like, I wish everyone would just back up their stuff and they'd have no problem. I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's not really how it works, though. Because, like, if you got like a thousand machines and they're all backed up, you can't just like press a button and be like, back to normal. Like, that's <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought that's how it worked. No, it. it oh, man. It's, it just ruined it for me. Yeah, I know. I ruined it. Sorry. Did you get a pop up Sorry. on your computer that one time that said it could work that way? Maybe you yeah. shouldn't hit that link. <laughs> yeah, I just I gotta back it up. Back it up twice. What else Boy. we got, Ryan? Oh, medical imaging system. So critical flaw reported in Philips View Pax medical imaging system. So never used this. Uh, haven't seen it, but I guess it's for uh, CT scans, uh, CAT scans, other stuff like that. Brain scans, and it looks maybe. like they uh, they had like a. A, uh, a bunch of CVEs come out in here. I don't think in the article it says it's being actively exploited or anything like that. Bunch of stuff in medical. I mean, medical is just riddle. I mean, I don't know. We've talked about this a couple of times, but just securing medical devices and medical equipment can be a nightmare because updating this stuff is kind of like, well, it works and it's been validated and, you know, people live and if it changes, you know, so you, you can't have a blue screen of death on your medical devices. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, if it's not broke, don't fix it. That's the mentality. Okay, but remember how much these things cost. Okay, oh, if, yes. I have a C if I get a CVE at a, in an MRI machine, and I can't have that MRI machine go down for even you know an hour, mm -hmm. like or or the maintenance guy to come in to refix the MRI machine costs me more than stupid MRI machine itself. Like, why as a hospital manager would i even pay for this fix to come in because someone to exploit this would have to be one on my network to be you know malicious enough to screw with a hospital and three have the expertise to attack this and have any kind of target for it right like what well, what, guess, is, what is the end goal of of targeting something like this like i, well, I guess there are, some of these are publicly exposed and so oh, um, they're recommending using fire firewalls and vpns and other stuff like that this stuff goes along with like same with like universities and stuff where all the printers have public ip addresses because that for some reason made sense 50 years ago i, I don't know it's just oh it still makes sense today i love printing on random random printers on the internet what are you talking about <laughs> That's my favorite pastime. I love it how a lot of universities are just like, well, that's just how it's been. We can't change it. We just get oh, bad photos printed on our printer all the time. We just pay the price. It's the ransomware of printers, oh, right? I didn't even think about that. I was I was printing random messages. Bad photos is now opening up this whole this whole new universe for me. Oh my gosh. I, that way I'd be using printer ink and scarring yes. people for life. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what you need to do. A mental uh, tattoo. Yes. <laughs> what I do think is funny though is that like you'll print a law book out. Sorry. <laughs> just <laughs> model photos i swear to god someone's gonna do that unrelated to us and then they're gonna blame black hills for just printing out all these photos oh great so do you guys remember hamachi at all like a really old time where you you basically it was like chat but um you would add people and it would add your computer to this like sort of VPN, it's a mesh network um, over VPN. And essentially you were on the same network as these people. And so I joined with a, a friend of mine and we played Age of Empires 2, which is showing my age. But um, Age of Empires 2, awesome network game, didn't have internet capabilities, but it had networking. So all you did was hit, set up a machi, Hamachi and you could play the game over a local network. And so we ha had this thing set up and he noticed that I had my printer on it. And he printed a 600 queued up blank 500 page prints. And so anytime I put new paper in, <laughs> it would queue up another 500 prints of blank well, paper. So at least, I, at least just, he wasn't. Why didn't you just turn the printer off? I did. And then you turn it back on and it's still queued up. Oh, no. Oh, it's it's. Oh, I see. They probably had like a dot matrix too. Because like it's ring. sending it. The queue, the queue is on his side, okay. right? It's sending okay. it from my side. So every time my printer came back online, it would just keep sending. 
Well, at least there are blank pages. Yes, at like least there. Well, he, he he did print like a hundred hacked in like MS Paint <laughs> with with the spray paint, like H yeah. red H A C K E D. What if you, you would had to delete the printer and reinstall it? Would that even have worked? Cleared out the the queue. And so, create um, a new printer ID or something. Yeah, so all I'd have to do is not share it, and then queue, then clear, right? <laughs> just not share it. That was it. And then clear out the queue on my side. But that, that actually, that statement reminded me. I was looking at there's a there's a new chat protocol out there called Matrix, I guess, and you can make like your own federated chat, or you know, it's it, it's encrypted chat, but it's, you can host it yourself, or you can join someone else's Matrix server. It's kind of interesting with the whole chat wars out there. There's like nine thousand chat programs. And, you know, 99% of them are not even end to end. They're just data mining you. I don't even know. So what? I don't know. you don't have Telegram, WeChat. Uh... Got them all. Collect them all. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let me, like let me Pokemon bring my card. Pokemon, Pokemon chat. Yeah, let me open up my iPhone and see how many icons I have of just Slack, chat. Hangouts, Google chat, Keybase, Signal, Messenger, Facebook, Discord, Telegram, Teams, IRC Cloud, LinkedIn, WhatsApp, Buffer, Instagram, Tumblr, Wicker, Wicker Corporate, Flickr, Snapchat, Wire, Basecamp. Yep. Snap, you have all uh, of these on your phone? Skype, Mattermost, Teams, Google Meet, Element, and that's it. Oh, Element. That, that's Matrix, right? Yeah. 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 You know what somebody needs is just build one app that can link to all of those. So you only have to have one stupid app. On you mean phone. Trillion from Trillion. back in the day? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I remember because I had that because I was like, I got IRC on here and I got a couple other chats. I had AOL. That's, I mean, that's how you know this shit. So. Oh, AOL, man. You just dated yourself big time. Which, which chat do you hate the most? Um, Jeff McJunkin said, which chat do you hate the most? Oh, Jesus. Which one do I hate the most? Like, literally hate the most? One of them that I actually, I think I dislike the most is Slack. Slack. I was going to say Slack, too, because it has not evolved. It has, yeah. like... Did you see that they added like voice chat now? So they're more like Discord. They're trying to get like Discord. <laughs> Slack is Slack was revolutionary at the time, and like I just wish they would they could have kept going with it and not they focused too much on the corporate feature set and they're really embedded well in there. Yeah, but I think that they lost their their open source fan base because they didn't evolve there. And I don't think Slack Connect, I don't think, uh, what is it? What is it called now? The, uh, like, voice com, voice something? Anyways, they added it's, that recently. Yeah, it's and I mean, like, name. Slack isn't actually a bad chat. I mean, I think just out of all the ones I've used recently, I dislike it the most. You know, the other thing, too, is that it's just a big chat platform, chat platform that is also unencrypted, so there's no end-to-end -end encryption. So, I mean, that kind of brings it down on the totem pole for me. I think Teams is actually worse, but, you know, it, it's Teams still is only worse. Teams is only worse because of the, 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 you know, the different tenants. And you can only have one tenant on at one time. Yeah. Whereas, like, with, with Slack, you can, if you log in a freaking hundred times, you can have all of them. Yeah. Oh, you just make your password the same for all of them, Rob. That's, that's yeah, no, no, I always make my password the same. That's, no. that's the same password. <laughs> It's easier to remember. Come on, man. It's all about convenience. You understand? Now, See, I started to add I started to add 2FA to all of my Slack channels and I just got like, no. Like this is like <laughs> one one thing in each one of my like like Google Authenticator. It's like Slack this, Slack that, Slack this, Slack that. So I'm like, mm, I'm done. Like that's that's my new thing though is with Office 365 is actually utilizing chat against people. Like you can go after you escalate privileges or you're able to get into the graph API, you can read all the chat messages and you can do some pretty advanced searches. You can also search for deleted messages, which is super fun because typically when somebody sends a message and then deletes it, it's because they accidentally typed something like, guess what? Their password or other yep. things like that. So uh, <laughs> pretty fun. If you do access office 365 from a like a more privileged standpoint where you can read you can read everyone's chat in the entire company and search all of it including deleted messages which is also one of the other things i don't like about slack is is how they do their authentication inside of inside of the slack files on a windows machine you can and there's a specter ops to, uh 
post on this, you can literally copy and paste files from that directory into your own and you'd be logged into Slack. And there's no notification. There's nothing. There's like a log somewhere that you logged in from this IP instead of that IP, but like no messaging saying, hey, there was a, you're logged into this box and then that box. Like no, no, there's no verification that this Slack session is in this version or or this you know machine or any verification of that system itself, and you can just copy and paste it into another machine, and you're logged in. I did that with a with a client or customer that had I got access to their their um, what's it called their instant response people, and I was able to delete messages when they found you know of alerts because they had chat ops. You could just delete messages of alerts that were coming in for for the stuff that you were doing. And it was like, oh, that's, you know, oh, I ran Rubius and it got detected. And it's in the chat ops. Delete. Gone. You hacked him. You hacked him good. <laughs> Just saying. like, Yeah. No, I think chat ops are really cool. But the chat war out there, any of the platforms, in my personal opinion, that don't do some kind of end-to-end encrypted, it's going um, to be tough yep. to trust that platform. It could just be a data mine. But was that the uh, last article? I thought we had one more. A couple more. Oh, we got a couple more. Yes. Oh. Gosh. Take a guess. Guess who got hacked? Guess who got um, hacked? Guess who got uh, ransomware? Uh, again, banjo moment. Uh, guess retail store uh, ransomware for $20 billion. No, I'm just kidding. They definitely weren't that. Was there any customer data stolen on this one? I think they said they didn't this, disclose. Well, this one, if you scroll down and look right there, investigators determined that social security numbers, driver's license numbers, passport numbers, my question is, what the hell is a retail company doing storing that information? Why do they have passports? Like, uh, you know what? It's probably, it's probably for, like, store credit cards and stuff like that. So I don't know. I used to work in retail, and I don't recall ever needing any of that information for, from a retail standpoint. But hey, times have changed. Maybe there's some legitimate reason for it now. Unless it's maybe employees' information, maybe. Because obviously some people, you know, they have their own travel company, travel teams within there that, you know, book their executives travel around and maybe they need their passport number and stuff like that but aside from that i can't see why that would be necessary information they said uh dark side likely behind the attack sweet they've stolen over 200 gigs worth of fashion retailers network before attempting to crypt the systems cool uh, yeah i'm gonna come out with a group called the bright side and do the <laughs> opposite of this i don't know what do you get put all the information back yeah, <laughs> I just come up with uh, reverses to the dark side uh, uh, ransomware. <laughs> another another ransomware. I, I don't I don't even know what to say at this point. I, this, I don't even we talked about it. I feel like we're just beating the dead horse. Like, stop the stop the brutalness. Stop the beating. Um, another notch in the wall. Yeah, I know. Right. I, I guess it wasn't a good day for them. And then uh, last but certainly not least, uh, Morgan Stanley. They were affected by the Acceleron hack. And that was, again, through the third party. Acceleron was a while ago, though, right? Acceleron? I think it's Acceleron. December it's, 2020. It's 20, yeah, 2020. Yeah. And so I guess they've been affected as well. There was some data. The uh, shame that was encrypted. Names, addresses, social security numbers, corporate names. Uh, so more fun stuff. I, I feel like some of these attacks, we don't even get to see all the people affected now because of supply chain. And I'm using that in air quotes where it's just like some company who does something with something else that we don't even see all of the effects of it until like almost a year or two later. And mainly because people either one, just find out or two are just disclosing and that they knew about it, but they just couldn't hide it anymore. I don't know. We need... Um, more stipulations on when you need to disclose this, right? Um, yeah. As opposed to like, oh, we had to shut down all the stores because none of the computers work. So I guess we got hacked, guys. Uh, we couldn't keep it a secret mm -hmm. anymore. <laughs> you know what's interesting? This one, there's in the article, there's a, a paragraph in there. Yeah, right, so right there where it says the letter. That letter you click on is a 20-page Word document explaining <laughs> the details. To, oh, I guess, I mean, are they expecting... Right here. All their customers are going to read a 20-page email, even, and they don't even have dates in it. It just, just says July X8, 2021. Mm -hmm. 
you know, website at URL by date. When like all this templated stuff in here that's not even completed, like this just looks like a bad, a really poorly, yeah, right there you go, a really poorly done um, <laughs> attempt at, I mean, at uh, communicating information. I mean, great that they're trying, but 20 pages and finish the document, put it in. A- yeah, I didn't finish the template. <laughs> Uh, gosh, maybe because the hack's not done. <laughs> insert code here. Yeah, I'm sure some hacker would love to insert some code in your Word document. Insert num- customer number, engagement number. Uh, That's pretty funny. Yeah, this PDF is actually a continuation of the attack. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting to see, though, that some of these... Uh, is this the same page over and over? It's yeah. like it is. Uh, so it's so they, they it's filled out... Over and over again? They filled out the first pages in their template, and they forgot to remove all the all the rest of the pages. Mm. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> Again, poorly, poor, uh, poor implementation. A for effort, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. behind this on implementation. <laughs> Jeff says, uh, dear victim, we take security very seriously. That is correct. <laughs> That's pretty much the whole document. And we, we are so seriously, we card. don't even want to put the information in here to just in case there's any additional leakage. Yeah, and we're also offering free credit card monitoring uh, for yep. X amount of time, exactly six months, because the, we know in about six months your data will get compromised again, so there's no point in giving you two years. That's a waste of money. Well, that's last one. All right. I think that's all we had for today. Rob actually yeah, Rob had to, leave. had to go, yeah. So uh, I guess thanks, everyone, for joining for another exciting episode of talking about the news. Uh, thanks, Dale. Talking thanks, about Ryan. ransomware news. Yeah, talking about <laughs> ransomware. That's where we're going to change the show title. I hope to God. I, I honestly, it all be so monotoned, and I'll just be like, and other news today, another ransomware. It's we're going to uh, just start consolidating all those. Okay, we got four ransomwares this week. Yep. Okay, that's done. Now let's yep. move on. Yeah, no, that's honestly, I think that's what I'm going to start doing. I'm going to start filtering it and just say, this person, this person, and this person got ransomware this week and continuing on. So, yeah, yeah we'll just make it into to. a hit list, right? We you can just what? put it in the show, no- in the show notes. Say, yeah, the ransomware right. articles, see the show notes and other news. <laughs> yes. Can you honestly just make some video graphic where you can insert the names and you're just shooting them with like, you know, like little holes <laughs> of the names for just like at the end? And then we could just, and then we don't have to talk about ransomware. We're just be like, and thanks everyone for enjoying uh-huh. the show. The ransomware hit list is coming soon. And then, you know, we just play that. What is about what about that? I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> uh, well anyways, uh, thanks everybody for joining us and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Improv is now ransomware and instead of yes and and we're off. Um, Actually, no, I gotta hit the end stream button, don't I? Now we're off.